Welcome to Unmasked the Podcast. Today we have Ryan DJ Crip Gossett on the podcast. Ooh. Yo! Ryan is a purple belt. Uh, which Fresh at that. Fresh, yeah. Like, When did you get your purple belt? Uh, Late last month. It's probably closing in on a month. So maybe still fresh, but pretty close to a month. Super fucking it fresh. Was, it was right around my birthday. So it was almost like birthday present to myself. Oh, that's pretty dope. So yeah, uh, under Chris Hubbard, uh, ish. I, I don't know how you wanna how you wanna differentiate that because technically we are still under James. So depending on how you wanna pull the lineage card, you could do either one. Okay, well, <laughs> well, let, well, let's say he's your coach. Which gym? <laughs> uh, Journey Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So for those of you guys that aren't familiar, we're in a small little town called North Manchester, Indiana. It's about forty minutes south west of Fort Wayne. Okay, so. Way the fuck out in BFE. Yeah. It's like somebody took cornfields, 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 decided to put a college campus in the middle of it, and decided they were going to build a town around it. That's just like all of Indiana, though. Yeah. That's like all the Midwest. So, so yeah, you you described every small town in Indiana. So, here's, here's my thing. Like, if you go to, like... Bloomington or even Evansville, especially when you get closer to where the colleges are. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of life there. Manchester's just not the same. The most popular place is uh, the bars at, you know, 1 a.m. Well, I mean, same in Bloomington, though. <laughs> but that's also the same in Terre Haute for ISU. Right, and right. So, but they so have again, a jail, so, you know, oh, there's well, like. There's that. I mean, no, we, we Terre Haute has too. a jail. Like, a real one with, like, crazy. Who is. In the Terre Haute jail. It's like, oh, it's the Unabomber. Uh, yeah, Timothy McVeigh. They actually executed him in Terre Haute. Oh, yeah. Haute, so. so, you know. Dope. There's that for Terre Haute. You don't have that. Manchester no, we, doesn't we have, that have that kind of cool shit. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of cool things we have. That's okay. There's, they have you. Other than, yeah, yeah they, <laughs> they, they have... They have one of the hardest working motherfuckers I've ever met. Right. We have, we have a pretty cool jujitsu gym. I guess I can spin it that way. Yeah. Uh, if any of you guys ever get the chance to make it up, we actually have a really nice, we have a lot of mat space. Nice. It is a really nice area. Didn't, uh, a lot of our walls just got painted, so there's like sharks and like ocean-themed stuff all oh, over the wall. Cool. Yeah, didn't, uh, didn't you guys just renovate? Yes. Yeah. During the whole COVID thing, uh... Chris and one of our other guys that train there, uh, Steve King, he's a carpenter, handyman kind of guy. Uh, even James came in and helped lay down the, the mat tarps that's now in our back room. Okay. Uh, dude, we have a, a yoga studio up front that has nice. glass doors where it locks in the heat. No um, shit. We're debating about putting a sauna in one of the back rooms. There is a room where we do the uh, cardio kickboxing class that has like heavy bags we have a huge weight room up front that's got like dumbbells, kettlebells, nice. uh, machines, and we're constantly adding to that. Nice. I'm a big weight room junkie, so I'm always sending stuff to Chris like, hey, we should get this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also really nice because then you can be like, he got it, and now I don't have to buy it. And well, <laughs> there, were, there were a few things I bought. Like, So I know Brandon's a really big fan of the mace. The maces that we have are mine. Yeah, those are cool. Um one of the kettlebells that we have was originally mine. I've thought about buying, I don't know if you guys are familiar with what a, a mutt bar is. So it looks a lot, think about like your standard bicep curl bar. Have you ever seen the football bench press bars that have like the rectangles and a bunch of different Okay, angles? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, but it's literally like this wide and it's meant to do like 
bicep curls, forearm work, tricep work. You can do press work. With Bro it. work. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you got to have strong hands. Yeah. <laughs> that's like 90% of my jujitsu. That's, that's true. Strong hands and resilient neck. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's, um, so you're obviously you're, you're an upper body guy. So, <laughs> so, uh, you know, one of the things we wanted to have you on here because, because you said you have cerebral palsy mm -hmm. and you've been an athlete your entire fucking life. I started wrestling out of the womb. He said. I, I wish. <laughs> so I, I started doing club because I went to a, a Montessori school on the east side of Indianapolis. Okay. And part of the Montessori philosophy at the time, they don't really encourage competitive because no. I guess they thought it was counterintuitive to student growth. Yes. Which now that I've gotten older and I've been an athlete for this long, I'm like, you people are stupid. But to each their own, <laughs> whatever. You know, we, we had a chess club, but that was about it. Well, rough, that too competitive, is, too that is actually helpful with your jujitsu, though. But so you know, the mental game right there. I had a, a couple friends that, uh, you know, like I said, we grew up on this side of town. I had a couple friends that went to uh, Warren Central, and they were all wrestlers. And, like, I grew up on, like, pro wrestling as a kid. And Fuck I thought yeah. it was, like, the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I want to do something like this. So when I was, like, 10, I started uh, – my uh, brother used to drive me, like, 35 minutes both ways to the nearest club. And, I mean, dude, like, it – I had a lot of fun with it, but it also kind of sucked because, like, I sucked. That was terrible. A lot of the stuff I couldn't do – like, my balance is bad now. My balance is worse then. Like, it was, like I, – I felt like a squid out of water. Oh. Just like uh. – Yeah, like, for sure. Was, there, were, there were nights that, like – because I, I've always been like mentally competitive, but I didn't know how to channel that physically for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. having the mind of an athlete and the body of a paraplegic is not not always the most cooperating mix yes. of things. So like there were nights like, dude, I would go home and have like mental breakdowns because I'm like, I don't know why. How old were you during this? Like 10. Okay. My, my first three years, so from like 10 to 13, like really sucked. Mm. Really sucked. Like I think... I don't think I won any matches in those first three years. Yeah. It was bad. It's amazing that you kept. So I feel like resilience is definitely something that you are really, you seem to be really good about. Well, it, it really helped. I had a, I had a lot of, uh, my, my big brother has always been really supportive. Uh, and we had to talk really young, like, you know, dude, you're, you're going to be crippled your entire life. You can either deal with it. Or you can let it destroy you. Which which way do you want to play that? That's Show. super important. He, he's like, people are always going to make fun of you. They're always going to look at you funny. But the, the teammates that I had were really supportive. And, you know, like when we would do sprints and stuff after practice, like I am not, I'm not a runner. What? Oh, Never. for sure. What? I'm not a runner <laughs> either. And, and, and my legs are fine. Like there's no. But know. like, man, I would always have guys that were willing to do like extra laps with me to give me like company. They were always encouraging. You know, you, you always get some guys that are douchebags that just happen yeah. to be yeah. They don't want to work anymore than they have to or want to be. I mean, it's right. interesting. I feel very lucky that at least in our community of jiu-jitsu, under James and under Eric and under everyone is like, I've, I've really felt that camaraderie that, you know, but. Well, the, the, the first thing, so if it tells you anything, upon my, uh, my stumbling of jiu-jitsu, Chris actually had a pretty violent conversation with me about oh. how he goes, you have been babied your entire life. He goes, I will not baby you once you sign that waiver. He goes, I will smash you like every other human being that comes through that door. And to this day, I still think he rolls harder with me than he does with anybody else. 
<laughs> and don't get me wrong, he probably taps me 30 times. Oh, yeah. But I'm convinced, like, you know, guys will pressure me or they'll twist me up a certain way. And I'll just kind of look at him like, you know, huh. I'm like, that's a 340-pound man. And you're just not reciprocating that kind of pressure. It's just not happening. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, if you've been through the worst, anything less than that, you're just like, I, all right. Well. I, th- I think the only person around my size that's put pressure on me to the point where, like, I'm worried is probably James. Yeah. I really thought like, you were going to say me. Really? <laughs> he, 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 gets, he gets to that S mount, man, and that's like uh, his oh. he, He's yeah. done that to me before, and uh, – yeah. I'm actually highly impressed that my bones don't like crush <laughs> the weight of some people. Um, where I'm like, my breastbone is like, please get off of me. Oh, no, I, I feel that. So not the last seminar that he taught at Journey, but the one before that, I got to be his his <laughs> dummy for the S-mount instructional. Oh, gosh. None of you guys have ever experienced that. I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's not a I, I've been his dummy before. I was his dummy one time. He did one at Performex a while back, years ago. We were at the the Avon building, and um, I was like a fresh white belt. Like, I was maybe a year in tops. And so, of course, I didn't learn anything that day because he used me as his dummy, <laughs> which I wouldn't have learned anything that day anyways. But <laughs> I, I feel like... I, Not from his teaching, though, like, just because my lack of brain power. That, that was it. Thing. Yeah, I, at, at that point in my career, it was... None of it made sense. It was all brand no. new. Trust me, so, there's, there's days I still feel like that, where it's like, if I don't same. try to wreck this like at least 40 times, none of this is going to stick. Yeah. Or unless I have like video to go back on. So, you know, as I've gotten better, there's certain times during class that I'll pull out my phone, or if I'm at a seminar, a lot of times I'll, I'll video or take notes or like just something to kind of reinforce, like I have to. Yeah. Or else I just paid 50 bucks, 60 bucks, you know, whatever you paid to be there. And now it's like, oh, man, I learned shit. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. So you said that you uh, got in. Okay, so when did you get into jiu-jitsu? You said your brother had a really good talk with you, which I, I so, really love that. Long story short, just to kind of close the wrestling gap, I eventually I eventually got pretty good at wrestling. I went through a spurt where I found, like, some stuff that just clicked and clicked, and I started, you know, finding the weight room, which I was already – a pretty strong kid just because of the way my body had to adapt itself. Mm-hmm. So, of course, once I started lifting weights, it just all went downhill for everybody else. <laughs> Did you find that, like, it was, like, other people got ir- even more irritated yes. that they got beat by you? Because I could literally, if I would suck somebody's hand and forearm to the floor, they could walk in semicircles around me, but they couldn't score anything because they couldn't get anywhere. Uh, so, okay. naturally, I got really good at, like, sneaky stuff, like, you know, really low singles or, like, ankle picks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard the term like fat guy roll when somebody gets on top of you. you yeah, kind of their the, the, go. the lift lab sweep or the gold's gym sweep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, went to college, did pretty well there. Uh, probably, so the first time I had ever heard jujitsu, I was probably about a junior in college. Where'd and, you go? Uh, 10th Planet Indy. So Jay Watkins and those guys down there. Uh, to college? Oh, no, 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 no. Just play Indy College, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> college, of, college of Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> that's, where I, uh, that's where I aced Herbology a couple times over. I like it. Uh, right. No, uh, Manchester University, which is the small little... They're, they're technically... I feel a, like I've heard about it, but probably because my child is a senior this year and I'm technically just a bunch a, of shit from it, it, is a, it is a really good school. Yeah. I'll give them that. If yeah, you yeah. go there and you do the things you're supposed to, you know, <laughs> I mean, you can still have fun. For I mean, for what it is, I had a lot of fun there. So um, it's a good school. 
it's pricey, but they always give out a ton of financial aid. Okay. Uh, student loans are a giant punch in the dick, but I feel like anybody that's paid them or is paying them knows that. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, if you go to school and you're not a, a, a trust fund kid, you're 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 eating shit when it oh, comes to that kind of thing. Me. Typically, every month I get reminded. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so I was kind of a so I was a communications and marketing double major because originally I wanted to do stuff like this. Okay. Anything online related. Uh, I've done things, anything from music and recordings to chopping and replacing them to uh, websites and pictorials online. I even made a resume online as part of my senior project and turned it into a giant self-moving slideshow. Oh, cool. That's super cool. Uh, my, uh, we are super newbies when it comes to that kind of stuff. So yeah, we'll I, talk about all that later. Yeah, we're gonna get some. <laughs> we're gonna get a business card, get some info. My my uh, the head of my department gave me like hands down just an A on my senior project because he was impressed that I was able to throw. Like he, he showed me how to do it. He just did, I don't think he thought that I would put that much time into it. But as a as a fifth year senior, because lo and behold, I was a fuck up for the first two. As a I, mean, center, I had a lot of free time on my hands that uh, second semester yeah. outside of wrestling practice. Yeah. So, man, I would go. We had a success center, which is like a big tutoring center, just like a real quiet place. Mm -hmm. You can go to, you know, do your thing. And I was always one of those kids. I'm like, if I go to my dorm room, I'm going to play video games or I'm going to nap. So let me go up here and try to bang some stuff out. Yep. And I would spend like three hours there every day chipping away at like little sections of this. Yep. I think it's one of the main reasons why Hannah is struggling with being an at-home child right now because oh, she's like, man. "This is my home, and I don't want to study here." If School I would have had study. to do that, I would have. I, I think I would have failed. Very well. Nope, I would have failed. Um, but you found Ten Planet then. How? Who, Originally, did you get a flyer in the mail? No, I, like, <laughs> I had a buddy of mine. Do you like choking people? Come find Cup. Right, find right. Uh, recreationally or otherwise? Yes. <laughs> no judgment-free zone. Yeah, but. So I, I had a buddy of mine that trained there that we actually went to high school together. And he actually trains with uh, Tim Stone and those guys out in Plainfield now. Oh, okay, and yeah. I, and he was like, man, uh, you know, you like to wrestle. You should come try this out. And the little bit that I knew about jiu-jitsu, like most wrestlers, I wasn't fond of the gi. I'm like, you know, fuck that. I'm not putting that on. I still hate the gi, and, and I he, started in the gi. Uh, well, I, I've grown to like it more now. And the gi is a little more accommodating to some of the stuff that I have to use. But... Mm -hmm. He was like, you know, it's all no-gi, and the only thing I knew was was wrestling. So it was a huge wrestling practice for me all over again. You know, I, I didn't have an off switch. It was either I'm going 120 miles an hour or we're not doing anything at all. <laughs> and a lot of those guys, you know, minus the upper-level guys that were already like purple belts or if you were a solid blue belt, didn't really know how to, how to cope with that. They were just like, whoa. And so... I used to teach before they actually had a wrestling class. I used to just come in and help guys with their wrestling. So I didn't. I didn't really pay attention much to the jiu-jitsu. I wish I would have because I probably would have started picking up on it earlier. I probably would have started earlier. Yeah. Because then once I moved back up here for school, I took a really big hiatus, probably until about late 2015, and that's when Chris had just opened up Journey in North Manchester. I was probably his first student. That didn't. So he used to train in a, a small MMA gym in Wabash, which is about 20 minutes from there. He had a, a big problem, for lack of better words, with 
his partner at the time. And there were students that agreed with him, and there were students that agreed with the other guy. So he took yeah. the students that agreed with him, and they split and did their own thing. And I was probably the first student that didn't come from that other school. So oh, I have okay. I have went from white to purple completely under him so far. Okay. So and I mean it's 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 helpful because in that time he's grown to learn like how my body works, the things yeah. I can do, the things I can't do. Yeah. Um. That's that's my biggest pet peeve about going to seminars. I hate paying for certain seminars because yeah. I'm like, I love this guy. I love watching him compete. I love his jujitsu. But what can he show me that I'm going to be able to do? Are there other jujitsu people who are higher in the competition realm that also have cerebral palsy or other? There is one that I know of. So he's actually a purple belt at 10th Planet San Diego under Richie Martinez, which I'm sure you guys know who Boogie that man. is. Boogeyman, yeah. <laughs> his, uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but his Instagram handle is DeadweightBJJ. Okay. And this dude has, has some yeah. nifty stuff. I that's mean, really I've, cool. He's, he's done uh, no What is, Do you know what his name is? No, that, that's off just his name. Inf- you could probably up. pop up his Instagram yeah. and figure it out. Keep um, <laughs> Um, and it's just, he's a, he's a full paraplegic too. Like his lower half just does not work at all. So he like drags himself across the floor. Oh shit. Okay. Um, I know he's done Nogi Worlds at least once. I know he's done some other competitions like, uh, maybe like some grapplers heart type stuff where they try to help people with like disabilities. Yeah. I, I've seen people. some of that stuff. Um, uh, I've been kind of interested at maybe looking into doing something like that. And this is, this is going to sound really hypocritical. I don't like going against other handicapped people. Because for the longest time, I thought it was like an insult. Like, oh, you think I'm not good enough to go against just normal people? So they're going to like throw us all in a freak show together and just have a good time with it. And it, it took me a long time, you know, and actually James was a big benefactor of that where he's like, you know, dude, no, it's like, it's not that way at all. Like, we're trying to give you the most level playing field that we can. Like, we understand that certain things are hard for you and that going against normal people is... 10 times harder because you just don't have the arsenal to cope with that stuff. Yeah. He goes, so we're trying to make it as close to, you know, what other people pay for. Yeah. As it his, should be. his name is Pete McGregor. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Uh, anyway. He, he does have uh, some pictures that are very, uh, I don't know, uh, captivating, I guess. Because he's like jacked from the waist up. Like I like to think of myself as a, a pretty strong and decently built dude. I definitely think he puts me under the bus. And he weighs like 20 pounds less, which makes me feel like even worse. <laughs> so, you know, as I'm sitting there stuffing my face with like pizza and ice cream, I'm just like, well, Let's just no, say it's genetics. Let's just call it <laughs> Let's say he's got better genes and you can't help that. <laughs> let's not blame it on the pizza. Like, Leave man, pizza I, out I of this. this guy and I know... James will hate me for this if he hears it, but I've, I've watched this guy like Darce choke people from places I didn't even know were possible. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, it's guys like that that make me feel like, like he can't even swing his legs around where at least I can kind of generate some momentum if I had to. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, he makes me look like a bitch. <laughs> well, you know what though? But, but that's something that, you know, it's like, all right, that's just possible. And I can aspire to, to be something um, oh, but oh, but then yeah. some people, man, it's like I look at some of these really high level, um, you know, strikers, grapplers, and all that stuff, and I'm like, it's possible. Dude, there's, there's, but also, it's like 
that's their job. You know, if it's their full time. So not job. only that, but like some guys, not and not as a cop out excuse by any means, because if you're willing to do the work for anything, you can normally get pretty far. Yeah. But some of those guys are just built to do what they do. Absolutely. Like they were just born with the right genetics or they had stuff that just highly played in their favor and it made them a perfect little knit. Not saying they didn't have to work hard, but those things combined with their hard work, their dedication, their willingness to learn made them twice as good as any, you know, that's the reason these guys are professional is because they just do shit that you and I can't do. Yeah. That's why we have things like the Olympics. And some people (laughs) are built to eat pizza. Yeah, you know? I mean that's. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I had a calling in life, it would be gorge eating at one a.m. I love that for you, D- bro. You know what? You could start a hell of an Instagram or an OnlyFans oh, page. Oh god! <laughs> watch, watch me shove cheese sauce from these nachos all on my People face. People love it. <laughs> People will pay for that. I mean, <laughs> oh, god, don't tell me that because I'll go home and start looking. Like, mm. We'll sign up for you. So, so it, you basically started wrestling and jujitsu i mean was it was it just because you had the competitive mindset or you wanted to you wanted to fuck you that anybody said you couldn't do it kind of a, thing. a little bit of both a little bit of both because i i'm a, a smart ass by nature so For sure a little bit of both um after wrestling and it really sucked because i had just started finding stuff to like really make it work because there's a huge gap whether you're Division One, Division Three, NAIA doesn't matter. There is a huge gap between high school and college wrestling. Oh, for sure. And it's it's not in the moves per se. It's in like the pace and the mentality. Guys in college, they just they really learn. So there's a term that we call, and you see it a lot in jujitsu. I'm just sure it's called something different. And depending on who your coach, you've probably heard it. Uh, uh, or if any of you guys have been to Jake Hockenberry's wrestling class, I know he yep. uses it. Uh, chain <laughs> wrestling. Okay, he teaches yeah. his kids to chain wrestle. There's a very good habit to build. And all that really means is, you know, have your have your A move, but also be ready for your B and your C and be able yeah. to channel them together. And what is the big difference between your high school and your college guys? Some high school guys do put it together. And those are typically your, your top tier, your state champs, your state runner-ups, your national champs. Most people don't put that together until they get to college. But that's why, like, if you ever watch a college wrestling match, especially with some of the smaller guys, like your 125s through probably 149, which for those interested, that's what I wrestled in college. I was always a fat piece of crap. (laughs) You're going to see our picture and be like, that is not at all what I expected. I expected a fat piece of crap. He is not a fat piece of crap. Let's Uh, just put that out there. I I found it extremely hard to chain wrestle for about my first three years of college because there's only so much stuff that, that works for me. I didn't really catch on to that until my last two years. And I'm starting to get comfortable enough with jiu-jitsu that I feel like I can start to implement some of that strategy. And I've seen uh, uh, spikes in the way that I move and how I channel stuff together. Uh, most of the guys that we get up there are college wrestlers. So even though they might have the deceiving white belt around their waist, I promise you those guys will smash you into the floor. Oh, like there's for sure. And, and yeah, we, we train with people like that. And I'm like, let them do a tournament and win and then give them their blue belt because it's just not fair. <laughs> no, man, and especially, man, wrestlers. So this, this is something that took me a long time because I'm like, jiu-jitsu is different from wrestling. And then the longer I've stayed in jiu-jitsu, I'm like, it is, but it's not. Yeah, And now I've kind of reached the point where I'm like, grappling is grappling regardless of the style. So 
you wrestled for 15 years, but you've never done jiu-jitsu. Most of your jiu-jitsu practitioners that are around your skill level, you're going to thrash just yeah. off pure experience. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it you is... May not, you may not know how to guillotine. You may not know how to armbar, but you are going to positionally thrash them. Well, I mean, just based on your explanation of chain wrestling is what everyone keeps telling me is like, get your game plan, get your game plan ready. Yeah. And I don't know how to think in that way. Like, I just got my blue belt, but I'm still trying to understand that concept of going from A to B to C instead of just a reactionary. Right. And and jujitsu is a little harder because it's a lot more dynamic. Wrestling, once you get somebody to the floor, the goal from there becomes very narrow. You know, okay. you know what I mean? Like, okay. I, I've got you on your stomach, you know, so pins are the no-all be-all. It right. doesn't matter what the points are. Get them on their back. Gotcha. Once I have somebody on their stomach, if I get an arm exposed or their head's down or I have wrist control you know, that makes my, my goal pretty clear cut and narrow as to what I have to do. And there's only a handful of answers he can give me in that scenario. And chances are, especially at the collegiate level, you're prepared for those answers. So then it comes down to reaction time. Well, especially at 149 pounds, I can yeah. cancel out a lot of that reaction time just off brute force. Yeah. <laughs> there, there were coaches that made me re-weigh in if they didn't see it because they didn't believe I was 149 pounds. It's the closest I've ever been to a six pack in my life. Like this guy's all <laughs> biceps. How is right? How is how's he 149 pounds? <laughs> like, uh, well, there was there was a, a point for one of our tournaments where I actually got requested to reweigh because one of the coaches weren't there. Which so the protocol for wrestling is that all coaches are supposed to be present for weigh-ins, and the coaches trade off scales that way. One coach isn't weighing in his own team. That way, there's no bias. Right? Or okay. they're not bullshit. Right? And just writing down. And I mean, I was always pretty close to weight because for as heavy as I was, like I was a pretty stocky guy. So it's not like I had a shit ton to lose from the get-go. And, you know, I'm just mad because, like, I'm standing there in my underwear. It's cold in this room. I just want to eat. Like, yeah. dude, I haven't eaten anything since, like, 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Like, you're killing me right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But but when you get to eat, it oh, is nice. the most. See, but even It's the closest weird. I've ever seen to being by God because, honestly, the oh, Oreos were it heavenly. It's pure, yeah. pure happiness. <laughs> Yeah, last year we did um, the Rev Gear Muay Thai tournament. Oh god, it looked like a lot of fun. Uh, it was like, a I, lot I, of I've fun. I've never been a fighter or a striker, but like seeing some of the videos from that, it, it was fun as fuck. I'm like, I'm like sitting in my living room, like, and, and uh, really we got done, and I was like, okay, we need to hydrate. And Sarah was like, I have Halloween Oreos, and I was like, well, there's water Bet. in that. <laughs> Let's do it. I had like, I had like <laughs> a whole row. There's got to be yeah. liquid in there somewhere. Dude, a week before, I was freaking. I think I woke up and I was dreaming of what I was gonna eat after, and it was always like there. a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, Oreos, and popcorn, and that was like for whatever reason, that was my go-to. It was it was fucking fire. Of fire. <laughs> the, the popcorn. Yes, yeah. that's. It's like a. It was. At the time, it was a cheddar smart pop popcorn oh. that was so freaking good. It pairs exquisitely with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and white times, bread. The Oreos were the shit, though. <laughs> there, are, there are certain shows to this day that I am still infatuated with on the Food Network because I would stay awake at night cutting weight. And it was like, oh yeah, I felt so guilty. It was like watching porn in public. Yes. It was perfectly fine. <laughs> it was totally acceptable. <laughs> You know, I would watch like Guy Fieri go rolling around in his muscle car looking yes. for all this greasy, deep fried nonsense. Yes. And I'm like, oh, 
It's over so- here looking like Homer Simpson in my dorm room. <laughs> over I think somebody opens the door. You're like, shut the door. <laughs> shut it. I told you to knock. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> I actually think I heard a statistic that was like the most watched channel at the gym is the Food Network. I could believe that. And I totally could believe that as well. Well, that shit's always on at the Y, too. They're like, we need to pick three channels. We've got ESPN. Fox News and the Food Channel. The fucking Food Network. You know, that's my favorite thing. I'm at the doctor's office. It's either the Food Network or it's the fucking um, HGTV. The, the HGTV Hell house yeah. Network. And I'm watching oh, these. God. I'm watching rich white people fix up their house even my, more. Uh, <laughs> my husband breeds salamanders. Yes, and I'm a stay-at-home mom. Our budget is 1.7 million. We were literally oh, talking about that yesterday. How, how does that shit? I fold cool. napkins. And <laughs> my husband's a stay-at-home astronaut, and I'm a butterfly therapist. <laughs> And our budget is $2.6 million. And I'm just sitting here like, I'm about to go Fuck to work you. for hourly pay. Like, right. you suck. Your budget is more than I'll make in I a lifetime. I immediately start looking up stay-at-home astronaut. What is that? Can I do that? How do I apply? Do you have to go to college? <laughs> right. Oh, God. Oh, so, I, okay. So, d- I know you also, not only do you train a lot and f- constantly, but you're also a coach. Yes. So how do you, because I think, like, there are so many different things that my student could learn from you, not just being an incredibly good jujitsu practitioner, an incredibly good wrestler, but also someone, like I said, and I hate having to keep hounding on this, but like it really is inspirational to see someone who can really just like say fuck you to everything and come uh, and do amazing things. Uh, Katie and Chris will tell you that I'm not, I'm not always like that. I actually have a really bad attitude. <laughs> Oh, cute. And when, okay. And things don't go my way. I don't. I don't. Are you like? I'm never one to like. You know, if I lose a match, like I don't storm off. Like I'm not a dickhead to the the competitor, but I will go off and find a section like away from everybody, and I will I like internally self mutilate myself. I think yeah, that's, that's me a, every day. That's a human trait, though. You know, what I mean, like there's been plenty of matches or fights or something that like i'm pretty good at brushing stuff off but sometimes i'm like fuck uh, now it's it, it's gotten better it's, it's gotten better it's not as bad as it used to be but and a lot of that is from like wrestling is so much more linear like you know we talked about the objectives when you get people in certain spots there's only one or two things they can do yeah. and if you're ready for both of them your chances are pretty good yeah jiu-jitsu there's like 15 and depending on how those people move that adds more and more to it yeah for like, sure you know you could have a pretty good, uh, pretty good mount game, and there could be people that, for whatever reason, you just can't mount. They're super flexible, or they're bigger than you, or they do really good at like elbow escaping and turtling up, and just don't let you get there. So it doesn't matter if you're the best person in the world if you can't get to that spot. Yeah, I think too though, like you said, you go off and you internally hurt. <laughs> you know brutalize yourself which is say, again mutilate was a, was a mutilate yeah well, no no, no. i agree i get it yeah. i totally get it i mean the last time we competed i did gi i got smashed it was awful like i had to go and i but i took a moment but i think for me at least as an elementary school teacher that is something we teach our students on the daily to be able to go and find a place to regroup yourself it doesn't matter what you're saying to yourself at the time we're not talking about that right. you know that's a whole nother therapy session right, 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 right. <laughs> but i think it's really important and so i i really respect adults who teach through their actions and you understanding that 
you have this, you know, whatever you want to call it, a flaw, if you will, um, that you can work on, that you have worked on, that you obviously said it's getting better. How do you like get to be able to teach that to your students? Um, I, I'm going to be honest. That's probably one of the harder things that I have to teach because it's something that I'm not 100% in control of myself. Right. And, but, but what it does is, uh, so, you know, one of our, our younger, I, I say kid, she's not really a kid. She is in the adults class, but this girl's 16 and she is strong. Oh, she's a kid. Man. She is a child. 100% child. Is she, <laughs> is she you, younger than you, 30? Yeah. <laughs> when you compete against, cause she does the women's division. Okay. And when you compete against her, nothing about her is reminiscent of child. Yeah, no, I definitely got my ass beat by a 13 year old and she was real sweet. And I told her she's amazing and she is amazing. Doesn't feel good to get beat by her. name is Rachel, and actually, if it tells you anything, her 16th birthday present was her blue belt. Oh, so but she's been training like either just a hair longer than I have, or vice versa. Like it's it's roughly about the only thing that was stopping her from getting a blue belt was her age. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Like if it tells you anything, when she was 15, she did the absolute cash division at the Ego. Nice. uh, Got. Two blue belts and a purple belt and submitted all three of them in probably less than seven minutes. Dope. And then got put out by a girl from Chicago, uh, Lisa Bernal, who is now a Carlson Gracie brown belt world champ. Oh. So. So So do you work with her then? Yes. That is. She is a a big training partner. People people get a kick when I'm like, man, my my toughest training partner is a 16-year-old girl. (laughs) And I don't don't really want to call her out because I'm not into the whole body shaming thing or anything but she's she's a bigger girl okay and she's viciously strong nice and she is the epitome of like dickhead jujitsu nice <laughs> she will like she will wrist lock you okay she will knee on face you to death cute love her it knee love will that. like ride into your sternum and she will just sit that's right like i mean it, it sounds like my kind of people <laughs> oh don't get me wrong i love it but you know when we're working on it and we're going live and she's just drilling me and I'm like god like there's days I leave and they're like man what's wrong with you and I'm like a 16 year old girl just tried to kill me <laughs> how um but do you run the kids class yes at your okay so we take them I've taken them as young as four to as old as like 12 and 13 and really I do a lot of and and you know Chris helps out a lot with that uh I pretty much get to you know, we have our curriculum from James mm-hmm. that we follow to the best we can. Naturally, you know, you teach kids. You yep. can't always expect them to follow that pattern. For sure. You yeah. can't expect any class to go the way you want it no, ever. No, no, no. Yeah. You better learn how I, to improv real fast. I have a kid competing next month at the grappling industries here in Indy. So I've been, I've been trying to let him get a little bit more like... Because, you know, so I try to teach and then we end up playing some kind of stupid game like yes. toe tag or dice. Sometimes you have so to. I've been, oh, yeah. You definitely got to oh, walk a thin sure. line. I, I want them to learn, but I want them to have fun. Absolutely. And if they're not having fun, they're not going to learn. Yeah, yep, exactly. Or, yeah, they're going to block it out. He's, he's anything. really tough. He wrestled for a couple years, so he knows a little bit. Um, but I've been trying to force him to grapple a little more instead of playing games, which he's fine with. But like last Wednesday, I felt bad. He goes, I don't want to grapple today. I want to play dodgeball. And like the look he gave me, I was just like. Bet. Let's do it. Uh, Let's do it. Dodgeball is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love that he at least recognized that. Like, I just need to take a moment. And. Oh, man. He just. That. And there's there's a big gap. So I have like 
when I have them all there, I have three kids that could potentially, if they stick with it, be super, super good. Like I have an eight-year-old in there that I would put up against kids that are four and five years older than he is. Nice. Like he, he is he is a spider monkey. He is flexible. And dude, he is just he is all over the place. You you can't you can't hold him down. You can't like he's he wrestled for a few years. He's a soccer player in the spring. Nice. I mean, dude, he's so just, he's got the cardio. I mean, he, so he's, he's a, a kid, so he's, so he's an got, athlete. Yeah, yeah, he's got a kid, so he's got an endless gas tank anyway. But yeah. he's just all he knows is go. Right. Yeah. Is, once I tell him to go, he is off the hinge and around the corner. That's fun. Yes, yes. And know. he like he gets he gets angry, but in a good way. Okay. Like he'll get mad at you and he'll smile and then he'll try to one up you. And I'm like, that would be the perfect thing in a competitor. Like yeah. some kid, like, you know, they go in for like a collar tie or something, like smash the back of your head. Like we've all been there. We get aggressive guys that just come in and like, he would smile and dish it right back. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm like begging his mom, please let him compete. Right. Please, 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 please. Because he has a fascination. I did a, a two week stint where I was teaching uh, back control in the gi, which is a really, if I had to pick one spot in jiu-jitsu that I am fond of, if I take your back, I am 90% sure I'm going to submit. <laughs> like it is, it, I have just found like sweet little connections in there that are just, you know, like I, I feel bad in practice because guys get out of mind regularly, but you know how to, when you roll with guys all the time and they can't yeah. figure out what you're going to do. Every time I've competed and I've taken somebody's <laughs> back, I'm almost positive I have a hundred percent success rate. I'm going to choke you. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. Well, uh, that's something. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Like, you can be with the same people over and over again. They know your shit. They know what you're gonna do. Right. Or they, or you have a similar coach. You know, same coach. So you learn a lot of. The you same learn the stuff, same thing, so, I mean, so you know what's coming. And then the other people don't necessarily know what's coming. So and uh, man, he just he caught on to it. He's he's got really long legs. So typically, all I know is that when we are not recording i learned that you're a huge harry potter fan although i think i already knew this and it makes my heart happy because you're wearing ouija board pants which is just perfect and you're wearing a friggin oogie boogie shirt which again perfect which i I have i have the shoes that actually match the shirt (sighs) but they're a little harder to get on because the slip on thing like isn't it's like made of leather or something so it doesn't stretch as much so (laughs) like with my arm being kind of out of commission i was like i don't want to struggle to put those on today so (laughs) i I don't blame you so what uh so you you said you had like a messed up tendon in your in your arm so it's like so they explained it to me a lot like golfer's elbow but golfer's elbow is just inflammation whereas mine is like wrapped around the bone channel and like okay. needs to come off. Ugh. So they gave Ugh. me a low dose of oral steroids to bring down the inflammation Okay. and the hopes that once the inflammation comes down, it'll kind of settle back into its own you know, thing. And then I have uh, rehab exercises, which is like a lot of wrist flexor stuff to try to... So they say, let's try that and then hopefully... Oh, I mean, it, dude, it, it feels drastically better from what it did Wednesday. Okay, that's good. Um, there's still some pain and some twinges. I definitely wouldn't train on it for probably another few days at least. And then even once I get back to training, it's questionable, like, when I'll actually, like, start going full force. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad that, like, 
even though competitions are opening back up, like this year's almost over, so it's not like I'm gonna miss a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. We did a we did a couple of Fuji's. Um, we worked them and, and were able to compete and do that, and that was good because uh, it was Sarah got to do her first blue belt tournament, and I get to do my first purple belt tournament, and. You know, for as crazy as this year has been, we at least get to go in and knock that out. So I, I will tell you something for my opinion in jiu-jitsu or what it's worth. Blue belt has got to be the hardest belt, both as a competitor and as a coach, because there is no clear-cut definition as to what makes a blue belt. There's a clear-cut definition to what makes a white belt, what makes a purple belt, brown belt, on down the line. There is no set in some, and you know, it's a little different for everybody, but there are no correlations in blue belt. I've seen guys that get their blue belt in three months. I've seen guys that train for 10 years that don't have a blue belt. But then, so my first experience in a no-gi absolute bracket as a blue belt was going against a white belt. And I let the rank get to my head. Lo and behold, said white belt was a two-time NCAA runner-up wrestler. Shit. (laughs) Won, but to me, he he won like two to nothing. He like, or three to nothing. He like passed my guard and drilled me into the floor for the better half of like eight minutes. And he didn't know anything else, so that's why he just held you down. basically got like, you know, sweat raped for the duration of the match. Which, I mean, he had good positional control, so I won't won't knock it completely, but I was like, damn, really? Like, we're not going to move? Not going to do anything? Nah. Like, okay, cool. (laughs) Nah. Yeah. Like he's like burying his chin like right in my jaw and I'm like, oh, okay. You're one of those guys. Like I should have never let you do anything. Yeah. And I mean it, it's my fault because even even when I compete, I get really playful with a lot of the stuff that I do. Like I've caught guys and stupid stuff and I've had stupid stuff backfire on me. Yeah. Like uh so I did a submission challenge in Indy last year and I let one of the guys in the absolute bracket take my back. But he let me control his wrist and his forearm. And I straight arm locked him off the floor. <laughs> and he was pissed. I think I saw that match. Yes. And yeah, he wasn't too happy about it. Like, like he, he looked confused. Like he didn't know what it was or why it hurt. He just know it went from I'm fine to okay, something's gonna break. Like, <laughs> Damn. So do you feel like is that is that a lot of your game? Is the sneaky yes. stuff that uh... Yes, almost almost because almost out of necessity. Like it almost has to be. Because, like, one, I, I come to terms with this a long time ago. Like, training is one thing. But when you pay to compete, nobody wants to lose to the crippled kid. I don't care how you spin it. I don't care how much respect you have for somebody. Yeah. Nobody wants to lose. And they don't want to lose to the guy that struggled to walk. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I've had to learn to be very mean yeah. and very tricky. Yeah. And, uh... You know, it, it's a it's a thin borderline because a lot of the people that I train with regularly, I, I enjoy them both as partners and as people. So I don't really want to be an asshole, but at the same time, that's like half my game is being an asshole. But, that's half your life. Yeah, that's all that's most fine. of your personal life. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's good. Like uh, you know, I have like some uh, slicer combinations that I do that go like straight into what is like. You know, borderline a throat punch with the lapel. Very effective. Not everybody's going to take too kindly to (laughs) getting four knuckles in the Adam's apple. Yeah. um, You know, like, if we were rolling and I did that to you, Brandon would be like, oh, okay, he's trying to be a dick today and we move on. (laughs) Prison rules, got it. (laughs) You know, he might try to wrist lock me or something before it's all said and done. Yeah. 
But we always have fun and goof around. We roll too. Oh, so if you did something like that to me, I'd be like, all right, cool. We, <laughs> I got something for you, you know. Or you know, a lot of uh, really weird for a guy with strong hands. Like I have shitty guillotines. My guillotines are terrible. I I couldn't guillotine somebody if my life depended on it. However, I found a really sneaky like when you get a chin strap instead of sliding your hand underneath. You just kind of slide your fist in there, and they're trapped between your arms, so it can't go anywhere. And I've managed to hit it a few times in practice, and I'm not sure if it's a pain thing or a choke thing, but at this point, I really don't care. Did, <laughs> but did they tap? But yeah, the, the, the <laughs> bottom question, but did you tap? It's more of a quick, bro. Like, I hate hearing that shit, too, and I'm like, you no, tapped. So, so I, hate, <laughs> I hate being the guy to say it, but if you ask, I will tell you. Because I've had guys ask, like, is that a choke or a crank? Like, yeah. naturally, because they want the choke, but in competition, you're not going to complain one way right. or the other. You just, so maybe yeah. you're trying to work on your detail, maybe work on sinking the grip. So if you ask and it was a crank, I'll tell you it was a crank, but I'll never be yeah. like and be like, oh, I, I, I fucked out. with, like, like, like Rob. Me and him will be rolling or something like that. And everyone's going to catch my chin or something and pull it. And, like, I think somebody said that to him because they were pissed off at him. So I was like, Rob, it's more of a crank, bro. He's, he's, <laughs> he's the nicest, one of the nicest guys I've ever rolled with, but he is also like the epitome of I am a dickhead when it comes to jujitsu. Oh my I God, love, yes. I love it. I absolutely oh my love God, it. Yes. Oh. He wrist locked me. So I was about to pass his guard and he like shoved my arm down. Yep. And I thought he was like, I'm like, oh, he's baiting a triangle or an arm bar, which is familiar territory for me. So I'm not concerned in the slightest. Because the last time he tried to triangle me, I think I about made him shit his pants. <laughs> I stacked him up and put his knee in his eyeball. And, but he like tra- he like closed his legs around my wrist and then wrist locked me with both hands. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to be mad and congratulate you all at the same time. Yeah. Okay, we do comm training. And the last time, or like the second time we did comm training, he kept wrist locking me. And the next time he did it, I said... You better fucking look me in the eye when you're doing that dirty ass shit to me, cause that's some shit. I was so pissed. So oh, now, so now can... every time he makes sure to have eye contact with me, and I'm like, like hey, "Hey, that's fine." You know what? That's fine. <laughs> he did it to me today, and <laughs> when he gets stupid shit like that, we both just laugh. Like he's laughing as he's doing it. <laughs> oh, dude, you can't. It, it is. It is a very. And people are like, "Well, wrist locks aren't that high percentage," and I'm like. I don't really think that's the case. No. I think a lot of people just don't go for them. Because yeah. I've hit quite a few in competition. Yeah. Or if I don't hit them, they play. So, so I'm, I'm really big into, I, I like my small manipulation moves. Because a lot of times for me, it's it's just, it's hard to catch people, people that move really well. So I have to catch whatever you throw at me. Yeah. If that be your, your ankle or your wrist, then, you know, so be it. That's just kind of how I got to play. But I'm a really... I have a very good arm lock system that I have tried that I'm still perfecting and working out the kinks too. And a lot of times if I don't get the wrist lock, it goes right back to the arm lock or vice versa. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I have no, I really am like, Oh yeah, that's so, no, my game is like, I don't know. My, my game isn't detailed. It's more or less, get a dominant grip. And for me, dominant grip isn't like dominant position because I can grab something underneath you and it'll still be a dominant grip. You're not getting away. Like people try to mounted triangle me all the time and nine times out of 10, that's how they get caught in toe holds. There's a big ace in the hole for me and I love every bit of it because everybody thinks they're doing fine. They're passing, they got their mount points and then they get fucked up. 
This is fine. This is fine. Oh. <laughs> like uh, I had a, another guy, uh, one of the – because Submission Challenge used to come to Indy like twice a year, so I used to do both. And I had a huge dude in the absolute that was like 270 pounds. And safe to say, like he, he was crushing me. I don't really think he could have submitted me or maybe he just didn't try. I don't know. Uh, went to like weave his leg over my face and I caught him in a toehold and he went to roll out of it. So I buried his heel in the crook of my arm and crunched the arch of his foot down. Ugh. And I'm pretty sure I broke some toes because he, he waited a while to tap, and you just heard the uh, as it folded. It's the worst thing. And he goes and he looked at me at like he was mad, and like I'm I'm thankful like he didn't try to charge me or anything because that was a big dude. And he was like, "Dude, what the fuck?" My bad. What do you mean? <laughs> what the? You, did you, you tap? To, to be here, homie. Tell me. Right. You, you right. did a competition. Did you tap? I mean, that's. Like, you, know. you, you want to try to ride it out. I respect that. That's cool. But in the process of you riding it out, also understand that I'm going to keep putting pressure on yeah, you. Yeah, right. you, you, yeah. you signed up to try to kill someone. In, in essence, yeah. And yeah. at the same time, they're trying to murder it you. Is, it is like almost 95% murder with a mercy rule. Yeah, just, yeah. That's a good way to put it. You're practicing murder on somebody and... But you're obviously not going to kill. We have we have the common decency to be like, you know, okay, you got me. Right, I job. thought it was really funny though that like now I know how to choke people. Uh, like the BTK killer, he definitely was like, I didn't realize how long it took to kill someone by like choking. If you're actually them. choking, if you're actually, he's like, every time I tried to put him out, he would choke them and then they would wake up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if you did jujitsu, you would. Well, a lot of people find that because. I, I, I hate to admit it. Well, I don't hate to admit it. I actually think it's kind of funny. I've, I've passed out numerous times, both in competition and in practice, whether it be just because I'm stubborn or like I rolled the wrong way and it set on too fast. You know, but that happens. I, uh, well, well, you know, it always freaks some of the younger guys out. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, dude, it's, it's not that big a deal. I'm like, you see somebody do it, you know, we went over the whole, like, you know, pick their legs up or yeah. try to, yeah. don't try to stand them up because no. they get real dizzy yeah. and they might get sick. And I'm like, it's not that, like, it happens. Uh, and they're like, oh, well, dude, I, I thought you were going to die. I'm like, dude, you would have to hold it and hold For it. minutes, yeah. for a long time. Yeah, like, I, I think at bare minimum, if you have, it was like, if you have 80 to 90% blockage, like, it has to be for, like at least two or two and a half minutes. And most people aren't precise enough to get that kind of blockage, even if they're really good at what they do. Yeah. Yeah. So it takes a minute. But yeah, it's interesting. I watched Andrea. uh, She had a video of James putting her out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, have you shown this to your parents? And she goes, I showed it to my dad. And he said, never show that to me again. And I was like, "If, if... my child came to me and said, hey, look what I did in class. I would be so, I would be like, you're never going back. You're not doing this, which is why I very rarely talk to my parents about what I do. Because yeah. Well, her, her, da- her dad used to wrestle, so yeah. he kind of, he can, he, he can bounce he with it a little bit. He, loves he watched it. UFC he loves fights with me one time. Um, I forget which fight night it was, but we had our computer up. And and turned it on. And he was like, "Oh, he could he could do this takedown from there, you know." Which <laughs> I mean, is pretty cool. Man, but yeah, gra- grappling is grappling. Yeah, Obviously, but but we- going back to the the choke thing, you know, it's like you kind of have to know your threshold too, because sometimes you tap early. Well, I feel like know, some or- of that. 
some of that threshold you can definitely push. It's all about how far are you willing to push. And it, it's a it's a it's a real thin line to walk because you could go from I'm fine to incapacitated in less than <laughs> yeah. 10 seconds. I um I, I got mean, I've, I've I've been there on a few occasions. So the um last Fuji, a guy from Pedigo, Luke told me. Oh, dude, a like, lot of those guys are pretty. He good. Well, yeah, he's really good. Like he had me like. Quick, like he sat the guard, he set it up, and I didn't even know it was coming on because nobody loop chokes me. Like this, not saying they don't do it. Like it, they just this nobody is ever, not something you nobody nobody tries it. No. And uh, every once in a while I'll do it, but um, but yeah, he did that, and like I was like, I'm fine, and I was like, oh shit, I'm not fine. And when I when I tapped, and like when I when I he let off, like I was seeing colors from it, and I was like, oh shit, he's gonna put me out if I didn't like, you know, some of it comes off really quick. But also too, yeah, especially for like competition and shit. Like you got to know, like, okay, this is how much of a window I have, or I need to fight from here and keep fighting, right? You know, because I mean, and a lot of that I feel like comes down to your your training partners and your your trust yeah. in them and willingness oh, to win. Yeah, them. for sure, for sure. So, what is? Are you doing any competitions coming up? Um, I was originally going to do the the grappling industries in Indy and use that to kind of. Dust off the purple belt. For the yeah, but with this, I'm not entirely yeah. sure. Dude, I I felt that because when I first got I'm, my I'm, pur- purple belt, I broke my shoulder and couldn't do anything. So I'm like, yeah, this is a hell of a way to start my my ten years of quote unquote upper belt. Yeah, um, man, but I'll, I'll definitely. I've already started scoping stuff for next year. Like, I would like to do some bigger events. I absolutely, and I know Chris will hate me for saying this. I hate the IBJJF. I think it is the most rigged and just ridiculous system of jiu-jitsu that you could possibly have. And I say that a lot. You know, part of me is just frustrated. I've never been that successful IBJJF events. I've done numerous and I've meddled one time. So, you know, take that for what it is. Yeah. Uh, Man, I get to... So mount, if we're going to like magnify a situation, is a really hard thing for me to get out of. Which is why I like submission-only tournaments, because it forces you to move. You have to do something. Yeah, you can't just sit there and start. And, and most of them have... That's why I also like the, the EBI overtimes, because you can't just win by ref's decision. Now you're putting yourself in vulnerable situations. Yeah. Now you, you have to. You have so you, to want, you like more shit like that, then? I, I do. I, I like watching it. I feel like guys press the action a little more. I'm not saying that the IBJJF is boring. I'm not saying that all guys stall out and try to win that way. But there are some. But guys that <laughs> realize that I can't move. So what happens, and I realize part of this is on me too. It's gaps that I need to fill in my own game. I'll get swept or something stupid after taking somebody down, and then they sit on me for five and a half minutes. Yeah. They don't. So they'll, like, they'll try to do something stupid, like cross-collar choke me from mouth, and I'm like, Dude, I will look at you and laugh. It's not going to happen. Bigger right. and better men than you have tried and failed. Right. <laughs> They're kind of just doing something so the ref doesn't tell them to. Well, to and, move and, and the worst part is, and at least in that position, the ref will never tell them to move. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a dominant position. Yeah. They won't get told to move. And because in mount, you figure you can't really go backwards. So unless you take the the back, there's no option. And I'm not going to let you take my back. Not necessarily. I don't like letting people take my back as much in the gi, solely because of the grip system. Yes. No gi, I don't mind. I can slide a little yeah. more. Yeah. I'm a little more reliant. Uh, the lapels kind of throw you for a kink sometimes, which 
I'm not very good on my collar game, but my my lapels I've tried to get drastically better at. I do a lot of uh, a lot of modified baseball bat chokes with lapels. Uh, I'm not huge on loop chokes, but I do have like a. Uh, it's almost like James's Wild Wild West choke. It's not as cool. I don't get to drag people around yeah. the floor. But uh, so when I take somebody's back and I get my far side collar grip, I like to come down like a bow and arrow choke and grab that leg patch. Okay. Which guys realize that I can't stick my knee into them, so I can't create that lever that initially lets the choke set on. So they go to hop sides. And when they hop sides, what that does is that lets me kind of curl them into the crook of my arm, and now they're stuck. Okay. Well, then I just take my hand, grab that same lapel that I've been holding on to that entire time, and pretty much latch it like you would a cross collar. Okay. But it's behind them, and their lapel is over the back of their throat. Okay. So as I start to pull that in, it folds their head down over the top of it. Dope. That, <laughs> it, it sounds it sounds really cool. It's it's been a little difficult to pull off, but I'm still playing with it because my still goal work is to in progress. Yeah, in hell yeah. So okay, so you sent us a really fucking cool rash guard that I'm definitely gonna have to get. <laughs> um, it's got a little goat. Is that a goat yes. on there? Yes. Okay, it's got it's like rainbow, which I love. Um, do you want to talk about that? So like, <laughs> there's there's a little a little bit of a backstory. It won't be it won't be terribly long. But so during the whole COVID thing... And we'll link to it, definitely. We thought that the IBJJF just wasn't going to do tournaments that year for the sake of the COVID Mm -hmm. and social distancing, which normally we do journey rash guards at least once a year. Okay. And they're usually always ranked, you know, because we have a few guys that do IBJJF and the ranked rash guards are pretty crucial in that scenario. Yeah. And Chris is like, well, if they're not doing any IBJJF this year, I'm not going to do ranked rash guards. So we're going to have a little fun this year. Okay. Um... You guys they are see, so much fun. You guys got to like, see the baby shark one. Yeah. Right yes. Joe Bay seminar. Uh, we have one that has a unicorn doing a dab. I love that. Love that. Uh, <laughs> the last competition I did, that was the one that I wore. Uh, we have a red, white, and blue one that was like a Memorial Day service themed kind of one. Okay. Uh, that one's that one's pretty cool, but it's a little more basic. Uh, the one that we just ordered, and they should be in shortly. So I'm hoping that. This heals cooperatively and quickly. Is uh, so it's another ocean themed thing, and it's got uh, uh, like a giant squid on it, and it's okay. got. Its, I don't know if it's wrapping something or if it's just closing in on itself. And it says "free thug hugs." Oh, <laughs> I love it. One of the one of the blue belts, one of the older blue belts that we have in there, it used to be a really big MMA fighter. Him and Chris are really good friends. Used to have this this running joke that you know jujitsu was nothing but. Uh, Nothing but a little bit of thug hugging. <laughs> and, you know, it just kind of stuck. And Chris it. made a rash guard out of it. That's hilarious. Uh, so the goat thing, one, I have like an unhealthy obsession with goats. If I could own them, I could. Or I would. Okay. I definitely would. Not like uh, a sexual obsession. No, no, no. We're not no, fucking not, goats. Bestiality is wrong, folks. Okay, I just wanted to clear that up. You know, people's go- um, minds, they go immediately yes. to fucking goats. Because Indiana. Um, I'm not an insanely... Uh, religious person, but I have debated name it, getting a goat and naming it Baphomet. 
I hate that because that goat scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, oh no, it was um, who was the one in the or in the witch? Is it uh, was called Philip? I fucking hate Black Philip. I don't want to do it. And then he like headbutted the dude. <laughs> it's so funny that you love goats because I seriously have been afraid of goats oh. almost my entire life. Katie but tags then, me in random stuff for him all the time. But and see, I, like, I love it. like baby goats in pajamas. Times. I'm on board. Yeah. But it's when they get big and their eyes get scary and I know they are of the devil. And <laughs> I'm like, you know what? We're not friends anymore. So. so but so this you, goat on the rash guard so is like really goats cute. goats. And yeah, the goat on the rash guard, yeah, so he's funny. I don't, I don't know why we stuck with the rainbow thing. I think Chris just wanted something that would catch everybody else's eye. I'm okay with it. I love I'm, it. I'm really, I like loud, I'm really stuff. flamboyant with the stuff that I wear. Fuck yeah. I, love so it. I have like, dude. So Chris doesn't let us wear Valley Tudo shorts to Nogi. Because we, we have a lot of women that train there, and he just feels like, well, women probably don't want your junk bulging out and all in their face, which, okay, I get I mean, it. I do. Well, get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about that. Well, I mean, B wears Valley Tudo shorts, and I'm like, absolutely. I, I, he, got, he got more ass-looking at the uh, Fuji tournament that yeah, we did the than I, I did. ever had I wore the scram- bulge is strong with this well, one. Yes. I wore the scrambled jorts. Oh, those are awesome. And everybody comments everybody. on them and thinks they're hilarious. I know no shame. HQ had a sale on those. That's I, when I, I got them. close. I watched this more close. guys do double takes like in the friggin' gum commercials or like the 1980s commercials were like, oh my God. And I'm like. <laughs> All you can picture is like George Takei in the background. Oh my. Yes, basically. Yeah. And I was like, okay, my husband's ass looks great in these shorts. Can we stop? Please. The problem is I have no ass. That might be a slight problem. <laughs> it goes like back to, you know, calf. <laughs> you know now if we had like super tight rash guards and i wasn't a complete fat ass you know maybe i could show off some you know trap muscle or something but outside of that like yeah uh, but so anyway the goat thing was both as a play on my fascination for goats and the fact that i am also so i've alluded to the system thing with my arm locks and all this stuff is a work in progress i am by no means anybody that is world renowned at anything what the fuck you are now that you're on our podcast welcome to fame bitch there's that (laughs) but uh so another system of mine is and it's just stuff i've had to play with stuff that was a big trial and error process and it goes back to kind of the the dickhead jujitsu thing is is using my head and i I use my head a lot when i pass if especially if i get because nine times out of ten i can pass to half guard because most guys don't hold on to full guard very long unless they're trying to set something up. And once they realize that I'm almost in triangle chokeable, it's, they, they move on. So what I do is I like to bury my head under people's chin and I will stretch them out and force them to open. And I mean, I can sit there all day long because at the way you're, since you can't use your head and get that direction, you can't sweep, you can't move. So it's either you're going to open or I'm just going to keep nailing your shit until, you know, whatever. Nailing your shit. (laughs) Not a sexual thing. Again, not the reason we like goats. And and because, you know, when I walk, my knees don't really uh, straighten out all the way. So they kind of look like a goat on its hind legs. Okay. Okay. Chris makes jokes about it all the time. Uh, and you have a goatee, so you yeah, know there's that's that. True. And you uh, and you eat cans, yes, yeah. <laughs> perfect. I was wondering what was going on. You were out in the front yard, and I was like, I mean, if you like the taste of grass, <laughs> all power to you. He, uh, 
a little disclaimer, he makes more fun of me than any human being I've ever met in my life. And I'm convinced with, with friends like that, I will never have anybody that offends me ever again. Okay. Well, because I great. literally walk downstairs and he'll be sitting in the office, which the way our office is shaped, you can see into it. It has like a big fishbowl window. Okay. And uh, he'll just flip me off and be like, fuck you. And I'll be like, oh, okay. So that's how we're going to start. It's going to be one of those days. But so I've started using my head a lot when I pass. I even use it a lot when I'm inside control to try to misdirect guys, especially when I start playing with lapels. That way they can't turn in, they can't shrimp, they mm-hmm. can't start jabbing me in the throat or whatever guys like to fucking do from there. Fucking dudes. Uh, guys that get, uh, we have some super flexible guys in there that will try to triangle you out of side control. So I had to let them know real quick that stepdad is not okay with that. Okay. <laughs> I, will, I will put the man hands down on you. That's not okay. <laughs> um, so you're, you're, you're selling them though. Like they're, it's a pre-order. So, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because I got in trouble for this. But in all fairness, before I started advertising, I didn't know. Okay. They were originally... So we, we have a team page where we talk about like some of the things that's going on in the gym. And we're like... And it's it's not public other than to like James and some of the upper level guys. Right. Mostly because it just deals with like schedule changes. Like it's not stuff yeah. that everybody would want to see. Right. Know? Or like... You know, hey, like one of our guys had a, a, a staph infection and he was like, you know, hey guys, I'll be out for like 10 days. This is why, just yeah. so everybody knows. Yeah. Like I'm not, or, you know, one of it's our guys. It's not COVID. No. Well, it's not a couple corona. of our guys have had to quarantine because they were around people with COVID yeah. and they didn't, yeah. and they were just without wanting to put it all over the internet. Absolutely. For like, sure. You know, hey guys, I'm not going to be in for a couple of weeks, but it's not just because I'm going MIA. I just feel right. like it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um. The rash guards were originally released on the team page, which in the screenshot, depending on which one I sent you, you may be able to see it, you may be able to not. So we were going to do the team release first, and then Chris was going to release them to the public. Oh, okay. My trigger happy ass went and messaged like 80 people and was like, hey, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. You need to get one. Yeah. Um, So he is going to sell them to the public. So if you message him about them and he doesn't respond, I promise he's put your name down on an inventory sheet. Beautiful. They he, are he really still cool. He still just may do it like one at a time. Like He may order the team ones first and then do everything else after. Okay. I'm not exactly sure how he's going to spend that, but I know he messaged me at like four o'clock in the morning and he was like, God damn it, why'd you send that to everybody? <laughs> he, goes, he goes, no, I'm not mad. He goes, but. Fuck, like I, I was going to do it one at a time. Yeah, but yeah. at least he knows there's a demand out there. So. Yeah. He goes, dude, I've literally gotten at least 45 messages. Holy shit, that. that's like, awesome. Those were, those were way more popular than I thought they were going to be. Well, they also, I think, keep, you know, spun it as like we're going to, like a part of it's going towards getting you to nationals, right? That, so I, I, I don't know what that's all about because I'm not huge. You're going to game. fucking nationals, so everyone knows yeah, it now. I, I, and I didn't, you know, that a, I didn't know that was a thing. Oh. I, I know nothing about this. This was his idea. Surprise. Yeah. Oh, well, there you yeah, go. Surprise. Um, which, I, I mean, I'm okay with. I have... But so like if you Google like adaptive jujitsu or things like like a lot of different things come up. You see like random things. Like they did a super fight at ADCC like five years ago between like two paraplegic guys and it was pretty cool. Uh, Grappler's Hard out in New York. They have a classification sheet where they try to pair people up based on similar disabilities. Um, there's another tournament on the West Coast that I'm pretty sure is in like the Anaheim LA area that caters to like amputees and people with special needs and things like that. 
Um, so that, there's there's a few different ones that come to mind. So I'm not exactly sure what he has in mind, and he's he's not really letting me in on the details. Okay, Prob well, probably like on purpose. Well, any not. I will buy it because it's an amazing rash guard, and whatever and proceeds you're can our go homie. To, yeah, I was like, and whatever proceeds <laughs> go to, we really maybe like it's you. just to support <laughs> your pizza habit. I don't care. <laughs> that's, I just, that's fair. <laughs> so but my, so my initial plan was to I wanted to get rash guards made anyway. I had talked to. Uh, Canaan from Strict Nine and a couple other different companies to get like some pricing quotes. I was going to do some crippled guy BJJ rash guards, and then I was going to see how popular they were. Because basically, what I was going to do is I was going to order like forty in bulk, okay, and then sell them like just enough to make my money back. That way, I didn't have to eat anything like getting them there. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, say it was like you know seven or seven fifty up front. Sell them just enough to where I could get my 750. Yeah, yeah. We have I, a badass rash guard. Out right. There. Long. Once I did all the math, it came out to like I think it was like 35 bucks a rash guard. I'm like, that's stupid cheap for a rash guard. Yeah. Like I've I've paid 50 and 65 dollars for rash guards. Like 35 for a rash guard. Right. Yeah. 35. Yeah. 35 for a good one. Yeah. Is a I was great like, deal. usually I. I just expect to pay like fifty dollars for that. I've, I've grown to understand that that's just normal. Yep. Yeah. Uh, same. But well, I'm excited that like you get that's. A, I'm excited to get the rash. I, I probably have more geese and rash guards hanging up outside our apartment. Well, because we have a so we live upstairs from the gym, and there's a back room that separates the gym and a staircase from our apartment. Okay. I have my geese on like a little roll away hang up thing from Walmart. Just to get them out of like yeah. the bedroom or the front room, I probably have more money in geese and rash guards than people pay in their mortgage. Like it is insane. I have a problem. I it's mean, so do we. We understand. It's not a problem. It's a. It's alright. <laughs> uh, like so, Katie bought me probably the greatest Christmas present of all time last year. I'm a I'm a really big uh, Origin Gee fan. They haven't sponsored me yet. They need to sponsor me. Uh, <laughs> Brian and those guys out at Origin need to get on that. They need to have a crippled guy on the team. Okay. Uh, diversity speaks loud, guys. Just FYI. That's Fuck right. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. But anyway, uh, so their Rift Gi, which is like $350, that was like her big Christmas present to me. Fuck yeah. I like cried when I opened Aww, this. I love because, it. Because, well, I, I'm like the type of guy, like everybody asks me what I want for Christmas. And I'm like, well, not really anything. Because I'm like, if I want something, I can just... Yeah, you know, I'll work and go out and yeah, that's, get it. Yeah, like typically, if I want something, it's like something stupid. Like I'll see something at Walmart. And be like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, but uh, I actually just bought another Rift from James, much cheaper than I bought the first one for what I think he just had excess inventory. I think this will be like ye number eight, and I'm I just got rid of like seven or eight rash guards, and I'm pretty sure I still have at least twenty or twenty five hanging up. Like, felt that the only yeah. the only thing I don't have a plethora of is like actual grappling shorts. Like most of my nogi shorts are like leftover wrestling shorts from college. I have like one pair of legitimate grappling shorts that have like the journey logo on them. Fair. So you're on Instagram and Facebook, correct? Yes. And so, what's your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is that dude DJ Crip. I've thought about changing it a few times to just crippled guy BJJ to make it a little easier, but we'll we'll save that for a later time because that eludes into a, a, a few projects of mine that I yeah. have in the okay. world. Well, let's keep that quiet for now then. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool, man. I mean, 
Super happy you got to make it out here. Like yes, I know, I know it's all. Thank you. This is fucking dope. Uh, we learned some cool shit. I, You're a cool motherfucker. For anybody <laughs> that, that sits through this later, I apologize because I'm I'm usually a pretty long winded guy. That's, that's, a, that's okay. all right. We and that's why I told B I was like, cut him off. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you got to do that, man. <laughs> give him, give him the the side stage treatment like the old chop to the yeah. Neck. We'll like, just hey. have a little hook, a little cane hook, and just pull you up. <laughs> Somebody hit, turn off the pianos. <laughs> Honestly, it makes our job a lot easier no, because man, we just let you do your thing. I've never, you know, other than uh, Jared Loper, who I know you guys have, have yeah. had before and done some stuff with. He's an asshole. I talk about assholes. Let me just. <laughs> he is, he is <laughs> literally actually, the nicest guy. <laughs> he is actually a big reason that, uh, and I, I guess I'll, I'll break it and kind of elude to some of it a little bit he's a big reason that i kind of wanted to do uh the blog thing because yeah. you know he had his big guy bjj there for a while yeah and he got to submit some things for like uh depression and anxiety with grappling absolutely and, uh man talking about that stuff and i feel like the the same with disabilities so just one more quick backstory but like when i first wanted to start jujitsu I actually stumbled into the Marcelo Montiero Academy there on the, the south side by Beach Grove. And one of the instructors there, who will remain nameless, told me that jiu-jitsu is not for me. That it is just not, it is not adaptable for me, that I should find another hobby. Huh. And it, it could have just been me at the time, because I was a pretty, you know, young, arrogant guy. But I'm like, wow, he sounds like kind of an asshole. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck that guy. I think <laughs> I will say this, and I say this about, sorry, I'm fucking with my chair. Um, I, I'm 100% for you starting a blog. And the main reason is representation. I think for me, as a girl, as a short brown girl, like, I, and one who is not a thin person, like, I am a thick woman, all right? So here's what my child says, the fuck you Every, are. Everyone says the fuck you are. <laughs> okay. Well, go on. Anyway, all right. You know what? I've been told that by more people than I can say. But that being said, I think representation is really important. It means a lot to me to have. There's a reason that, you know, Chavez, uh, not, I'm sorry, America Chavez. I should really clarify that. The, you know, the, one of the superheroes that they brought out mm. is such a huge, important role. Well, it's the same like, thing, and I'm not, I'm not trying to compare one to the other here, but just like different little slivers of the community. It's the same thing when you get things like, uh, like Wonder Woman, and they've thought about uh, doing like some Superwoman spinoffs and things like that, because most of your superheroes are male. Right. And... Typically, most of their storylines, especially some of the older ones, like they're different, but they're not. Right. It's all like some freak accident and some guy just wound up having superpowers. Right. And it's like there for a while, you didn't really see a whole lot of women. And then Wonder Woman came out of nowhere and she was like the only one. And now it's like, you know, so I was in a discussion the other day and I saw something on Facebook and it was like, what was the first black superhero you ever saw? And it's like, bet you can't steal this. Or it was like, most people will say Black Panther. For me, it was the Green Lantern. Oh, uh, yeah. All the old, 
Justice John. League cartoons. Yeah. Yes. John the Green Lantern was a black guy. Dude, I think mine was like the kids from Captain Fucking Planet. Yeah. That oh, was okay, a, yeah, that was a wanna, diverse even group. Even though that was technically the ring. Yeah, you could include that. Yeah. It was the ring, but you know what? It was still something that they... I mean, look at fucking Iron Man. He has a suit. He yeah. really doesn't... So, Iron Iron Man I relate to on a spiritual level. That is my favorite. Because <laughs> you're an alcoholic rich guy? No. <laughs> but, but, so hear me out here on a couple of levels. One, he is an outrageous asshole. He I absolutely is. I love it. He absolutely is. I love it. I, I wish I could be that harsh to people. I really do. <laughs> you should just start. <laughs> Fuck it. It actually helps that he has a lot of money, though. He took his, like, detrimental heart issues or whatever, and he turned it into a superpower. Yeah. So I see that, and I'm like, huh, I have no legs, but I can adapt certain shit. That's kind of why I'm getting more fond of my gi. I have more handles and things like that to spin around. Hell yeah. You know, I don't really invert, but I do do this little thing that we make fun of and call the, the turtle spin, because that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> I love that. Ninja, <laughs> so I it's think, the ninja rap. I think yeah. then, to conclude, we've all have learned that you are slowly becoming a superhero via we, we put it that a la Tony Stark. And instead of uh, capes and masks, I wear geese and flamboyantly colored rash guards. You know what, though? And a goat Not beard. Not all heroes <laughs> wear capes. And they shouldn't because they're fucking dangerous. Some of them have mohawks and Han Solo tattoos. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I really, seriously, this is a lot of fun. Thank so, you. Guys, super I happy we had, had you on. I had a lot on. of fun with this. And like I said, not being able to train, this was like the highlight of my week. I'm like, I get to talk about some jujitsu. Yes. With some people that know jujitsu and the well, people that you know. listen, Fuck you know, yeah. know jujitsu or know some kind of combat sport where they're not like, you know, completely lost in the woods. Fuck yeah. Uh, I tried I'm, not to I'm do totally the Joe Rogan the thing and jump down the rabbit hole. Well, well we I never talked about DMT, so I feel like yeah. we've really started with the Joe So Rogan we're going to pause on that. Good <laughs> <laughs> that for another podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Cool, brother. Thank you. Thanks for having on, buddy. Not a problem. Thanks, guys.